This is the Jonko Underground Podcast, number 75. Sitting here with Echo Charles. So, <clears throat> here's something I sent out on the social media platform. Sure. Twitter. You heard of Twitter? Sure. Hell yeah. Yo, that's right. You got hacked. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Elon Musk, right? That's Twitter. Yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, here's what I sent out. Twitter, Twitter isn't good for everyone. If it makes you angry or frustrated, you shouldn't spend time on it. If it allows you to see other people's perspectives so you can understand the world better, or you can share some information with other people that that other people might not have, that's good. Enjoy. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a little bit of something a little bit antithetical about me saying that because if you've got something that's bothering you, shouldn't you confront it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of a stretch. Maybe it's a stretch to say that. But there's a reason why I said it. Because look, there's a person, there's a personality type. Mm-hmm. Anxiety gets to them. You ever have anxiety? No. Some people, they get anxiety. Yeah. Hits them. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. There's a, such a thing as an anxiety attack. Yeah. Where people have to like stop what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I hear it's like a heart attack. Like they think they're dying. Anxiety attack. So that's a person that can have that going on. Yeah. Um, there's personalities that can get angry over things that they shouldn't get angry about. That's who I'm talking about right now. Right. Different personalities. Now, there's benefits to social media for sure. For sure, there's benefits. You can, like I said, you can hear other people's perspectives. You can learn about things. You can link to a good article that you could get some good information from. You can see other people's perspectives. Like there's some, we've gotten connected to a lot of really cool people that have come on the podcast that connected through the social media. And I would say primarily Twitter most of the time. All those things are good, but let's face it. Hey, well look, we know if you're in the algorithm, if the algorithm's grabbing you and you're just wasting time on it, we know that's bad. But if you're getting angry, that's not good, and you shouldn't spend time on it. Now, here's where you know, people are talking about detachment. Yeah, I talk about detachment, obviously. Yeah. And then people say, how do you do it? And I explain how to do it. And then how can you practice it? You, if, if Twitter or social media makes you mad, you could legitimately use it to practice detachment. You legitimately use it to practice detachment. Mm. So go on your social media. If you're so inclined, you want to practice some detachment, go on there and go and look at some people that you totally and vehemently disagree with Mm. and read what they wrote and watch the video that they posted (laughs) (laughs) and then be like, okay, how's this? Like, it's kind of a good environment to do it in because you're by yourself. Mm. You can you can actually monitor your emotions, right? You're go, you're, you're like you, you're not confronting anyone. Yeah, it's not real. Yeah. But have you ever read something on social media that made you get a little bit mad? I feel like I yeah I feel like I have. I can't mm. remember anything Maybe it's in particular. A but oh, how about, how about just like, a comment? If it's about me, yeah. How about a derogatory comment on a YouTube channel, <laughs> on a YouTube video uh, about you? No, not that made me mad. Never. I don't know. Probably, but I can't remember anything specific. No. What about some political belief that someone threw out there? You were you get dissed. 
mad. I got, an, yeah, like mad. Not mad. I mean, come on, mad. But I got like annoyed. Mm. There's a guy that says stuff and the way he says it is super smarmy. Kind of like you're so dumb for not believing this. You know, like that's the attitude. And that's super annoying for sure. Okay. So you're probably in a pretty good place, actually. I think so. I feel you, like it, yes. You don't need to practice your detachment. You're pretty emotionally detached. You're not getting all spun up. This is an opportunity for people that might get spun up. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, if you're the type of person that gets spun up on social media, you're probably getting spun up while driving. You're probably getting spun up while your wife is talking to you. You're probably getting spun <laughs> up by your kids. You're probably getting spun up by uh, somebody in the grocery store. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Am I wrong? I don't think you're wrong now. So I'm saying you could legitimately go. You're in a detached position a little bit because you're just looking at your phone, right? Yeah. If you can't detach while you're looking at your phone, it's a good place to practice. Yeah. And look at something that really makes you mad and say, huh, that's an interesting perspective they have. Yeah. That's, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. And then read another one and say, oh, I'm glad I understand them better now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can, if you can do that, you can, you can, if you can make progress over time, it's going to be helpful for you. Now, listen, if it just makes you mad, don't do it. Yeah. If you're getting so mad, first of all, you should reflect on that. If you're getting mad at a bot, yeah. that's my immediate thought. Anybody that's saying something that's really bothersome, I'm, I'm thinking that's a bot. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's not even uh, a human being. Oh, yeah. It's a programmed AI. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you say that a lot, but I don't know. A bot? Yeah, bot. You think they make bot? Then I don't know anything bots. about bots. So the only mm. bots I know are the ones hacking my account and <laughs> <laughs> doing, doing like for if real If you don't know this, Echo stuff. Charles got hacked. They took his Twitter and you did some dumb, honestly. I'm, I'm trying to be dis- disrespectful with this. It was, a la- it was a lapse of judgment. You did some dumb. You like clicked out of Twitter and then it said, to get back to Twitter, enter your password. <laughs> I mean, that's ignorant, right? Yeah, yeah, big time. So don't do anything dumb. If you do, like Echo did, then, well, Echo lost everybody. On He lost all of his followers. Yep, that was bad. But he's back now, Echo Charles, at Echo Charles. Yep. So listen, all I'm saying is people ask for a place to try to detach, and if you're getting mad at social media, you're probably one of those people that needs to practice it. Yeah. So practice it. If it drives you crazy, get off of it, forget it. Maybe go on once a month and rehearse and practice detachment. Yeah. But if you're the type of person that's going full Karen, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. I do know what you're saying. And Karen can go in any direction, right? Is that right? Or is Karen a specific, is, is Karen a, a right wing or left wing? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, it's neither, neither right? Yeah, yeah. It's just Karen. Yeah. So, if you feel like maybe you're a Karen, yeah. I think I tried. I was trying to figure out what the male Karen is called, and you know what? I figured it out. What, what Karen? Is Karen, <laughs> male Karen. I thought there was like a name. I like, think there uh, might be, but yeah. I forget what it is. I probably should have done better research on the subject. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I think sure. a male Karen is called Karen. Either okay. way, you're yeah. still Karen. Yeah, uh, you're you're it's a it's a non-gender specific. Yeah, claim. I, I think that's viable because mm-hmm. if if I call you a Karen, you know exactly what I'm yeah, saying. 100%. To you. Exactly. Like you're yeah. just an entitled complainer. Yeah, essentially. You could be this. complaining about anything. Yeah. And you think you need to talk to the man. <laughs> 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 to the manager. <laughs> <laughs> <It's true. laughs> 
It's true. All right. So it's legit training. Just throwing it out there. Listen, please don't let social media ruin your life. Don't let it waste your time. Get positive benefits out of it. That's all I'm saying. Try it. There you go. That's you, my statement for today. Uh, so I had that today where, where oh. and you talked me out of it, by the way. Oh. You didn't know you talked me out of it, okay. but I was listening to your episode with Huberman. Okay. And you were on the part where you talk, you know, and you say this a lot, where <clears throat> the storm cloud, right? Yeah. Yep. You know, yep. just detach. It, it's kind of this, <clears throat> it, it is a detaching, basically. Um, but it's, it's essentially. Yes. yes. Just to explain that, if you can't detach, you can't see what's outside that storm cloud. You're just in the storm cloud. Yeah. As soon as you detach, take a step back, you can get out of the storm cloud. You go, oh, I see myself in there and I need to walk in this direction. And I'll be out of it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, yes. So, and then, so I was getting anxiety. So, you asked, do I get anxiety? The way I see it, there's like different kind. People have anxiety, like as, I think it's called like chronic anxiety okay. versus like acute anxiety, something like this. Dang. From what I understand. So, I don't have that. But, um, so I was doing squats today mm. while I'm listening to the episode. Yeah, <laughs> anxiety can come with squats, hundred <laughs> percent. You got right. you got to get in the mindset. So I don't know if you ever have this, but like squats, I, every once in a while I'll have like a nightmare, like <laughs> it's like a daydream, but I've it's a nightmare you, yep. of like all my tendons and like or all my tendons and my legs are gonna snap. Oh, I haven't had that nightmare. That's horrible. Yeah, it is horrible. Of course, it never happens, but. Like I'll have every once in a while, once in a great while. So today for, I don't even know why it wasn't even that heavy, but it was, it like hit me. That idea hit me uh-huh. right when you guys were talking about that. Just like happenstance. You didn't cause it or nothing mm-hmm. like that. And I'm like, and it got to me so bad that I was like, I, th- I don't think I'm going to do these squats today. Like I'm, I think I might like get jammed up today real bad. <laughs> I think my patella tendons are going to snap <laughs> on this squat, right? And it wasn't even that heavy. So nonetheless, and it was the kind where I see, you know, when you, you get anxiety, like you start to like kind of faint a little bit, like you feel like kind of faint. I was feeling kind of faint. I don't know that. <laughs> I, I, it hasn't happened to me, honestly. <laughs> and that's why it's a little bit tougher to relate Yeah. on this. Mm-hmm. I know the feeling of like squats suck. I know the feeling of, of thinking to myself, I don't even know if I want to be strong. Yeah. Like this next set is going to suck so bad that maybe I just should be weaker. But I'll just accept it. <laughs> that's not anxiety, though. That's like... Um, this is mental weakness. Yeah, like you got confronted with a mental like confrontation yeah. and it kind of got had you on the ropes. Then you got to stab what, that that's thing what it is. Yeah. And that's way easier to get past in my opinion mm-hmm. than this. This is almost like almost like you ever you ever felt claustrophobia before? No. You never felt claustrophobia before. <laughs> okay. Not really. Okay. I th- I will say this. When I see someone in a cave diving and they're all j- they're all squeezing through a space. Yeah. I think to myself, that does not look fun. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling claustrophobia is similar to the anxiety. Well, in my thing, I'm literally referencing what happened to me today, where it was like, I'm on this like weird slippery slope and all I got to do is stop, just stop, just stop moving or stop slippering. It's like a real like easy switch, not easy, but a real simple switch to switch. But it's just, Mm -hmm. you got to focus on switching it. It's like that kind of a feeling. And I was like, man, I can't switch it. I'm like going deeper into this thing. Like, uh, like I might die even. I don't know. It was weird. And it's so dumb. <laughs> but meanwhile, you're talking in, in the ear where you're talking about the storm cloud. And it's like, all you got to do is take one step out of the side of the storm cloud. You see what everyone else is seeing. You're like, oh, my gosh, that's like way. 
Like everyone outside the stone clock can be like, hey, this girl's not worth your downfall right now, bro. Or yeah. hey, you need to stop drinking, bro. Or yeah. hey, you need to quit that job or whatever the case may be. Yeah. yeah. And to me, it was, bro, first off, that's not even heavy. Didn't wait a million times on my way up to like heavy weight. It's not heavy. And in the history of history of squats, I don't think I've ever really injured. I injured my back before, but I haven't even got hurt ever in squats. And I used to get my squat on. Anyway, so that's what I I saw after I finally did flip the switch. I'm like, what am I even doing? And then I go and I do it. And it's like super easy. Mm -hmm. No stiffness, no nothing. So I'm like, oh, what am I even doing? But it did get me for a little bit. All right. So you do get anxiety. That was the first time that I got anything that felt like that. Like I couldn't escape it. Like it was so Did unreasonable. Did you think to yourself, maybe this is like a legit warning? Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. That was, that was part of the whole game, man. I was like, this is a sign. Straight I had these up. friends growing up, these two girls, they were twins. And oh, what was, there was some situation. They were coming on a train. They were getting on a train to visit or something. And they were like, they called. This is back in the day. We're talking landline. You know, they <laughs> called on the oh, phone. Yeah. We're not coming. Why? Oh, she had a bad feeling about the train ride. Yeah, and they just didn't get on. Yeah, <laughs> bro. <laughs> like train ride. Train crashes are so rare. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not like catastrophic when a train crashes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But that's the thing. They had a feeling. Right. It's kind of strange to be guided by your feelings. Now I can't say that I've never taken the gut instinct to make a call and been like you know what we're not doing this op yeah i've done that before yeah usually it's predicated by multiple issues where it's like oh we don't have overhead cover oh we don't have our support network oh the target's not sure so it's a bunch of things add up and you think to yourself you know what this is a no-go oh rarely but sometimes you got to just say yeah this isn't we're pushing too hard yeah we're not doing this yeah, there seems like in those kind of situations, and that that's different. I think I think there are like logic can come into your brain like kind of on a subconscious kind of level. You know how like you're so used to certain feedback from something, mm-hmm. you just oh, it's just a given certain feedback. You don't even analyze it mentally. It's just it leaves that's you the feeling, and you keep rolling. Yeah, exactly right. So the sometimes you're like, yeah, we prepared, we prepared, but then like all these other things happen that gave you that automatic feeling that you didn't analyze, and then so you're like, oh, I don't have a good feeling about this. You know, like I've yeah, you do that. I mean, not you, but I feel like that can be the case in a lot of things, like a presentation or something like that, where you're like, yeah, I practice a lot, but you don't feel like you got it. You yeah. don't feel like. Have you ever like been getting on a flight and you thought to yourself, I don't have a good feeling about this flight? No. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, if you did have that feeling, you'd forget about it because you made it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you do, so right, neither right. one of us can remember it right now. Yeah. No. In my opinion. Maybe we had that feeling. There was a flight to like Austria in one of these big planes mm-hmm. that there were, there was like turbulence and I wasn't by the window. Then I was like, oh, wait a second. And I felt kind of powerless. Like, oh, if this goes down, like there's, I have no option. I can't jump out, you know? Mm-hmm. I remember feeling that, but not like an intuition that yeah. just, I have a bad feeling about it. No. All right. Well, yeah, you never know. There you go. You don't, know what it is? Don't, don't freak yourself out. Man. Sometimes Detach. It's That's the whole purpose here. Learn to detach. And if you want, you can utilize social media to learn to detach a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You know how like someone's about to do something real dumb, like mm-hmm. go down a hill in, in a shopping cart or something like mm-hmm. this, right? Something really avoidable, mm-hmm. you know? And it's all fun and games and you're like, shoot, I have a bad feeling about this. 
right? And yeah. it's like intuitive presence. That's not intuition. That's like, no, that's obviously <laughs> a bad thing they're about to do. And a lot of times they, they don't get hurt or whatever, but then if someone gets hurt, someone be like, oh, oh, I knew it. Oh man, I had a bad feeling about that one. It's like, yeah, bro, you probably have a bad feeling about that, anything like that. And then the time he gets hurt, it kind of confirms it, you know? Yeah. Well, we used to tell each other like, oh, I got a bad feeling about this op tonight. Just to, just, just to trick each other. Yeah, that's some dark. Just to freak out. Just dudes. dark, bro. Oh, all right. Cool. Let's get some questions. But detach, right? That's, yep. the, that's detach, the point. Detach, man. Detach. detach. Yeah, I did. And a big part of the, well, then again, I guess this goes for working out and doing stuff, that, that mental confrontation as well. And you said this really clear too a long time ago. Like, if you have to, think about how good you're going to feel afterwards if you have to. That works too. It's a good one. Yep. And also think about what a pathetic human you'll feel like if you're later on in the yeah. day, like, you know, like, I quit. <laughs> I didn't so finish my set of squats. Yeah, because of like, yeah, some psychic thing that I thought I had or something. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do it. Detach. All right. Let's go. Q&A. First questions. <clears throat> Hi, Jocko and Echo. Good evening. New here to the underground world. I have a question. People have called me boring and unenthusiastic before. They do not call me out directly, but more of just mentioning it. This has bothered me f more than I would like to, more than I would like it to. My brother specifically has described me as boring, saying I speak in monotone manner and unenthusiastic. I know Jocko has mentioned the normal face, but I did not think he meant to become unemotional and to be a bore to everyone around me. Do you have any advice for how to be more enthusiastic and upbeat when interacting with others? For some, for some context about me as well, I'm a 22-year-old male, and my dad passed away almost two years ago. It has not been the easiest of times lately, and this may be why people seem or see me as so boring and disengaged all the time. Thank you both for your time. Well, yeah, you're you're correct, man. Um, normal face is, a, you know, a game. If you haven't heard this, the normal face was a game I used to play. I played it with my kids, where I'd smack them in the face with the cardboard thing. Not hard, doesn't hurt. I'm not a child abuser, but I like the cardboard inside of uh, wrapping paper. Whack, whack them in the head. Sure. And I'd be like, "Don't smile, don't show any face," and whack if they should. And they'd laugh, you know, it was fun. Yeah. And then I would do. I did it with one particular seal who just always was smiling. I'm like, "You can't smile," mm -hmm. <laughs> and he couldn't do it. He couldn't last. He couldn't last for three seconds without getting smacked upside the head. But normal face. The purpose of it is to stay unemotional when you're in adverse situations. That's that's what it is. But it do, it isn't meant for you to be unemotional in life because that's part of life is interacting in human interactions and emotions. And even in adverse situations, you still have to put emotions into the calculus. You still have to understand them, utilize them, know that they are going to impact the way that things happen. So as you mentioned, the recommendation is not to be boring and unemotional at all times. This is from a leadership perspective as well. If you're a leader and you just show no emotions all the time, people just think you're aloof and arrogant and don't can't connect with them. So, but even, you know, your family or friends if you're just unengaged, yeah you might seem boring. You might seem like you don't care. And that's a, an issue. So when it comes to like the way you speak, honestly, record yourself. Record yourself. 
having some confidence. Listen to what you sound like. Do you sound monotone? Do you sound unenthusiastic? Do you sound, you know, like you don't care about what people are saying? Record it, listen to it. And listen to it with a really hard listen. Because you say, you might say to yourself, I, th- I think I sound totally fine. <laughs> listen to it with the most critical viewpoint you can to see what you sound like. And then fix it. Add some modulation. Add some frequency. Add some volume. You know what's good is listen to comedians. Mm. Come- this is how comedians make jokes. Yeah. Part of what makes the joke funny is they go like this right here. And then what? Mm. They're doing all this stuff with their voices. Yeah. Makes it interesting to listen to. Go listen to like a really good public speaker. They're going to get quiet. They're going to get loud. And they're going to talk fast. And they're going to slow things down. Like that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you got to get some of that stuff going on. When you talk, because we want to engage with people. We want to form connections in life. We don't want people to think we don't care about them. And if that's the, the, uh, the signal that we're giving off, what are we expect people supposed to read our mind? Mm-hmm. And listen more actively, right? Nod your head, say like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Ask questions, engage with people. Give your opinion, like, oh, you know what I think of that? And, and, and ask questions, so you gotta engage with people. These are all part of being a good communicator. And listen, here's the thing. This is probably part of the reality of the situation. You lost your dad, right? 22 years old, you lost your dad. When that's rough. And when you have a major hardship in life, all of a sudden, everything else can seem unimportant. That can happen. You lose your dad, all of a sudden, I don't care about the game, I don't care about what we're doing this weekend, I don't care about what we're having for dinner, right? Because you lost your dad, and all of a sudden you're looking at this whole journey that we're on and nothing is important. And you don't care. And you don't wanna interact, and you don't wanna ask any questions. But the thing is, we could, anyone, any of us, could actually look at life like that right now. You can, you can, you can make that statement for life anytime. You can say like, well, we're all gonna die anyways, and none of this matters. Because nothing is important in the grand scheme of things. The earth is a billion years old, and mankind is like, right? The generations, and you're gonna turn into dust. Like all those things, they're all actually true. Even if you believe in the afterlife, well then what purpose is this life here? We're gonna get, you know, we'll live later in a different sphere, mm. different realm. So you could say that, but here's the thing, this is life. And these interactions and these relationships and these things that you experience, these emotions with other people, this is life. So even though you may have gotten this a little bit perspective shift this perspective I would say it's like a skip in the record or like a, a, a glitch in the matrix where all of a sudden you're looking at everything through hey I lost my dad and nothing else matters now you've got to reset that thing again and appreciate so much around you so much around you that you you have 
all these people that are talking to you, your brother, your friends, your family, all these people, they want to build things with you. They want to build a life with you. They want to build memories with you. So let's be proactive in doing that. This is it, man. Enjoy it. Relish it. Live it. You ever come across or talk with someone who like, it's almost like their timing is off with talking to you? Yeah, for you, sure. You know, like you tell someone, something. you know, there's a certain flow. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like dancing, I guess. You know, there's a certain flow to like talking. Even with, con- or even even considering like the interruptions, you know, like you interrupt somebody, they interrupt you, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's There's still a complete, there's totally a flow to it. But sometimes like people will be like, they'll like let you say everything. And then when you're done, obviously, done, you know, tone like will indicate that you're done. They'll like pause for like extra one whole second. So it'll feel like off. You ever have people like that? Oh, you're trying to do it to me right now? Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. There's some people that certainly could use. That's why I think recording and hearing what you sound like. And sometimes you don't realize. Like when you started doing the podcast, when, it, when I started doing the podcast, we'd never heard ourselves recorded for any period of time. I hadn't anyways. Yeah. I know what I sounded like. Mm-hmm. And so you can learn from that. Yeah. But if you don't know what you sound like, and he, the thing is, you think you sound a certain way, yeah. right? That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. You think you sound a certain way, and there's a good chance you don't sound that way. Yeah. So you got to make some adjustments. Yeah. And it's not, it's not being fake, right? It's not like, hey, I'm going to go put on a British accent and walk around like, hello, Echo, how are you today? Right? I'm not doing that. That's not what I'm talking about. But to learn to communicate, because what you got to remember is the way you say things is part of communication. Yeah. And you're giving so much signal by your tone, by your intonation, by your volume, by your body language, your engagement. All those things are important. Mm-hmm. So if you're going through life like a robot, that's not cool. And if you're doing that, you got to listen. Just like you might have somebody that talks too quiet. You might have somebody that's like always yelling everything or super monotone and boring, right? Like those yeah. are real things. Mm-hmm. And just like you, you know, you talked about someone that waits too long or interrupts. Mm. You can cor- or says "uh" all the time. Mm-hmm. So those are all things where you can correct them, and you should, because you want to become a better communication communicator, so that you can interact more clearly and more closely with other human beings. So you know, that's, what, that's what I think this is, man. You say correct, you mean correct it yourself. You're correct correct it yourself. yourself, yeah. yeah Listen yeah. to what you sound like. Think yeah, yeah, about yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, that's a, you make a good point there where it's like you're not acting. What did you say? You're not being enough. Not pretending. Not yeah. pretending. Yeah, yeah, Because the British accent. But the, um, you know, like if people say like a lot. I don't know. I think yep. I do maybe sometimes. I don't know. But Or you know what I mean? Or um, right? Yep. That's enough. And then how you say, listen to yourself. And you go, oh, I didn't realize I said like that much. Mm-hmm. Then you can work on consciously not saying like. Like that's a common thing, right? Not pretending. For sure. For so, sure. Oh, it's not the real me not saying like I say like. Oh. But that's, you know, not pretending. It's just uh, working on improving it. Essentially. Right. You have a bad habit. Yeah. Like someone that uh, picks their nose or picks at their skin, yeah. right? Yeah, and you, you they they don't they don't want to do it. They just yeah. do it. They're Bite like you're talking to them and they're picking at their skin or they're biting their nails or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biting the nails is a more more common one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, really. p- 
people don't want to do it, but they're doing it. It's part of their habit that they picked up, so they stop doing it. It's not because they're being fake. Yeah. It's because they're make, being better. Yeah. So. Yeah, even like, um, what do you call it, like body posture, right? Sometimes where like, you know how I guess if you put your hands in your pockets or mm. you slouch, yeah. like it's for a reason, you know, kind of a thing. And be oh, shoot, I didn't realize I slouch. And they work on it. So it might look unnatural or feel unnatural at first and might feel like, oh, what am I pretending? You know, what am I pretending to puff my chest out and pretending to no, stand it's good up posture, straight? Man. No, right? Yeah. It's, it's good posture. Yeah. That's true. Good way to look at it. <sighs> All right. The good, um, the cool thing is, seems like you're humble. Seems like you're listening. You want to make some corrective, take some corrective measures. We got you. All good, man. It's not been the easiest times, man. You're 22. Lost your dad. Guess what? Put that in perspective, make these corrections, and let's go kick ass in life. Mm. That's what I got. All right, next question. Next question. Hello, Jocko. I have a question. I'm a 15-year-old boy that is very active. I run 15 to 25 miles a week, and I weigh just under 150 pounds. I generally eat uh, pretty clean. I listen to your podcast, and after listening to some of your podcasts that talk about fasting, I decided to start fasting. I would fast for 24 hours, and after a fast, I felt great. My hunger time was reset, and I was able to think and perform better in everyday life. My parents soon after finding out I was fasting were concerned. They said I was still growing, and I'm very skinny. I'm long distance. I'm a long distance runner, and they wanted me to find <clears throat> find research showing that fasting is safe for 15 year olds that are still growing. Uh, what are your thoughts on, about fasting for teenagers are, that are still growing? If you could give me the answer for some thoughts, be very helpful. Uh, well, first of all, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. My gut feeling when I read this was like, this doesn't seem like a good idea. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up, and guess what? It's not a good idea. <laughs> uh, now, listen, maybe if you were overweight or you were morbidly obese or you had some serious health issues, but dude, you're 15 years old. You weigh 150 pounds. You're still growing. You got growth plates in your bones that need to get filled out. You got muscle and testosterone going through your blood that wants to make you big and strong. So you should eat a ton right now, especially if you're running 15 to 25 miles a week. Generally speaking, like I said, the, that's what the medical, you know, I did a in, intensive Google search, bro, <laughs> right? The medical advice people are like, yep, eat. Um, I'm not a doctor. I would go to a doctor if you really feel the need to do this. It gets me a little bit worried, you know, if you're not eating and if your parents are concerned and they're using the term and you're using the term skinny to describe yourself, I would definitely... I would definitely start eating, man. <laughs> I would definitely start eating. You wanna grow, you wanna be big, you wanna be tall, as tall as you can be, as big as you can be, as strong as you can be. And even if you're gonna be a long distance runner, cool. When you're 20 years old, you can really focus on that. When you're 19 years old, you can really focus on that. But I don't think it's a good idea for you to do this when you're training to be awesome. I actually have. Yeah, I, I don't think intermittent fasting for someone that's 15 and is super active and is lean is a good idea. Any, I mean. I, I That feels right, yeah. what you just said. Um, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. 
I, I would go eat. I would go see a doctor if you really are fired up for this. And, and man, go get some grub. That's what I got. Go get some grub, man. Go get strong. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, I have a son, obviously. And if he's 15, trying to fast and he's already thin. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't really be getting down some, for that. So yeah. Be getting you some mint chocolate chip ice cream and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go get some grub, man. Enjoy it. It seemed because he said he felt good though, right? And, you know, he said, so it I, seems I like fifteen it. is that in between or phase, bro, where you gotta like, hey, let's finish the development. Yeah, you know, for sure. So you might feel good, about, but let's finish that development, yeah. and then let's go hard on some, you and know, some experimental. When you're 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, you're basically on steroids. Your yeah. your bot your blood is teeming with growth hormone and testosterone, but you're still a kid. That's yeah, but I mean, this is the time to grow, like you yeah. said. This yeah, is yeah. the time get big, strong. It's like um, you ever play that game back in the day called uh, RC Pro Am? No, it's called RC Pro Am, and you could hit these little arrows on the tra- it was the track, right? Your little mm. car, and you're going around the track, and you could hit these arrows. There's these arrows on the track, so when you hit them, bro, you get supercharged just for that speed, right? Yeah. So you could use those for a little, you know strategy sessions or whatever so the homes here has got a green arrow right? he's in the green area yeah. arrow right now yeah let's probably take advantage of that one you know yeah. if we want to do uh, utilize take advantages or advantage of some fasting scenarios in the future then cool but yeah man i think hit those arrows you know get yeah. as much as you can out of your your body development yeah, for sure but then again like you hey i too am not a dietitian or a doctor so yeah. hey man take it with a grain of salt i guess and go get some grub <laughs> get some grub all right, next question. <clears throat> Jocko I've been in law enforcement for about five years, and I've loved it, but overall, it has changed for the worse. My favorite part of law enforcement is criminal, criminal interdiction work, which is the targeting of career criminals. However, the vast majority of law enforcement agencies don't allow police to pursue vehicles for any less than, a violent, than violent felonies because of the danger to the public and, most importantly, liability to the agency. In my area, it's left that it. In my area, it is theft that plagues the community the most, which we are never allowed to pursue for. It's not as easy as just changing the, that to an agency that allows pursuits, because I'm also not trying to get sued for a criminal crashing into someone and it's some and it somehow being my fault. When you were overseas, did you ever have rules of engagement that severely limited your ability ability to target the enemy? And if so, how did you keep yourself, but most importantly, the team motivated? Most citizens don't understand how much proactive police work has diminished and crime rates are increasing because of it. Thank you for your sacrifices. So, yeah, rules of engagement for 100%. Um, in war and in everything you do, there's rules of engagement. I mean, everything you do has rules. Yeah. Can they make the job harder? Sure. Yeah, definitely. But are there reasons for them? Yes, there are. So here's a couple examples. Do you know what explosive breaching charges? Yes. So if you don't know what it is, you're trying to assault a building where there's an enemy suspected of being located. So in order to enter the building, instead of knocking on the door, you put an explosive breaching charge. So you put some explosives on the door and you blow it open. And when you blow it open, it shocks the enemy that's in there. They're stunned because there's a loud bang. You're immediately in there. And so it's a very violent 
and very surprising way to enter a building. There's also some danger involved, generally not for you, but for whoever's in the building, because if they happen to be close to the door, a piece of frag could come in, you could kill someone, you could hurt someone, you could maim someone. When I first got on my first deployment to Baghdad, we just explosively breached everything. Just we're going in, hey, we're gonna explosively breach. Because tactically, it's great, because if there's a bad guy in there, they're gonna have their bell rung. Mm-hmm. Right, big giant explosion happens. If they're waiting in that door, they're waiting to get you. Well, they're they're going to be dazed. Mm-hmm. Now you're coming in; they're not even going to know what's happening. They're blinded. They're kind of a little bit deaf for a minute. Mm-hmm. So it's a great thing. So we just explosively breach everything. Cool. We hurt some people. We fragged some people. Blew some people's hands off. Blew some people's eyes out. Stuff like that couple times, few times, you know, stuff like that happens. But we're getting bad guys, so it's more risky for the bad guy, less risky for us. Cool, sounds good, right? We're down. Maybe halfway through deployment, and by the way, it wasn't just us that was explosively breaching, it was everybody. Everybody was explosively breaching. About halfway through deployment, there's all this collateral damage happening. Now all of a sudden, if you happen to hit the wrong target building, now you're, you're instead of fragging a bad guy, mm. you're fragging some random civilian or a kid or whatever. So now all of a sudden we're, we're creating bad, bad situations for us, mm. inflicting harm on the people that we're supposed to be helping. Mm. So eventually the senior leadership said no more explosive breaching. Yeah. And of course everyone's up in arms, oh, this is bullshit, we should be able to explosive. Hold on, guys. Why are they saying this? Mm. Well, because we've caused a bu- no. We Americans, coalition forces, have caused a bunch of collateral damage, and it's not worth the collateral damage. Mm. So what did we do? Did we say, well, we're not doing any more operations? No. What we did was we figured out a way to conduct the operations that would be safe and still effective. We ended up doing something called a call out, which everyone sounds crazy when you first. You know what it is? We're gonna surround your building, not Mm. fully surround, but we're gonna set up a tactical situation where we have dominance to the outside of the building. And then we're gonna get on a loudspeaker and say, hey, you gotta come out of the building. Mm. And by the way, once you've done that, and you've said, because if there's a bunch of civilians in there, they're like, okay, well, we're coming out, and they come out, and you can find out who they are, and you don't hurt anybody. If they're bad guys and they hunker down, well, guess what? Now you know, and you've given them warning, Mm. and now you can explosively breach. So there's there's an escalation of force that you can use. Yeah. So what we had to do is figure out what the rule was and then figure out how to best work around the rule. Same thing with uh, working with Iraqis. They told us we had to work with Iraqi soldiers, my second deployment. Why the hell are we doing this? Well, here's the rules. Why are they making us do this? Well, because the Iraqis need to learn how to provide security in their own country. We need to get them up to speed. That's our job. So this is what we're going to do with them. Did I say, no, we're not doing any more operations? No, it's like, okay, how do we, how do we make this work? Mm. Dropping bombs in Ramadi from aircraft, very, very difficult. Mm. Why? Well, because there's a bunch of civilians there. So you can't just go dropping bombs on all the buildings. Mm. So what you have to do is you have to figure out how to conduct operations without using that kind of close air support 
And if that kind of close air support becomes necessary, what are the wickets that you got to jump through to make it happen? Because we did drop bombs in Ramadi. So here's the point. Hey, I'll tell you right now. I know you want to go do pursuit. And and this is the same thing I told my guys. Like you're going to go out and risk massive collateral damage to catch Joe shit, the ragman that is somehow doing something nefarious. Well, here's what you're talking about. You're talking about people that are stealing something and you're gonna put a bunch of people in the public at risk in a high speed chase to catch a guy that stole a TV or catch a guy that stole a car or whatever. Mm. Tell me anyone, any person that thinks it's a good idea to have a high speed chase where civilians' lives are at risk by some idiot because they stole a car or because they stole a stereo or because whatever. In fact, I agree with the thing that he, violent, if there's a violent felony, so now you've got someone that's, that could conduct something else and they're going to put more people at risk. Yeah. Maybe we're going to go chase that guy. But if he stole a car or he stole a, a whatever, then why are we chasing him? We're going to put civilian lives at risk over a TV. We're going to put civilian lives at risk over an iPhone or whatever people are stealing. So... To me, that actually makes sense. Sorry. I know you want to catch the bad guys. So here's the thing. I want you to catch the bad guys too. So what you actually need to do is figure out how you can still be successful. Because that's what I had to do. That's what I had to do with explosive breaching. What I had to do with dropping bombs in Ramadi. What I had to do with working with Iraqi soldiers. All those rules of engagement were extremely restrictive. But guess what? We found a way to be successful. We made adjustments. We got smarter. We employed tactics that were extremely effective. We found a way to win. And that's what you need to do. Whether that's, you know, you get some kind of a electronic tagger that you can shoot into a vehicle that they don't know about. Now you can just track that thing. Oh, yep, he just pulled over here. Yep, we can go get him now or you get air coverage overhead that can track the vehicle doesn't know that they're being chased. You get a drone up over them. Like there's a million ways to do this. What about the radio, man? Like I always think you can't out, no one's gonna outrun a radio. What kind of standard operating procedures can you set up where, oh, we've got a, uh, a vehicle leaving a crime scene. Here's our immediate procedures. What kind of software can you purchase or create that isolates that road or puts people in positions where we can isolate that individual, do the vehicle interdiction. What can we do to the vehicles that we don't have to pursue them? What kind of spike strips can we employ? Like, what can we do? So instead of being frustrated, look, and I know it's frustrating, and I know you want to get the bad guys, and that's awesome. Thank you. We all want you to catch the criminals. I hate thieves. I hate them. I hate them. Everyone hates thieves. But also, there's not one single person that would be willing to put their family, their daughter, their son at risk walking across the street to catch a thief. Not, no one. No one. So what can you do to be smarter and find a way to win? That's what I got. Yeah. Yeah, what, I guess in like medical terms, it's like there's like invasive Procedures and like non-invasive mm-hmm. procedures, you know. 
So like this aggressive, you know, overly aggressive, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm kind of thinking of your situation in the military where it's like aggressive. Yeah, it works every time. Gets rid of the pimple every single time, but you're like cutting off a whole finger, you know, yeah. or you run that risk. You yeah, know? Uh, that's another thing. Like, wait, why are you, maybe we have pursuit cars that are just normal cars. They're Honda Civics. Mm. So it's just following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? He's taking off like, okay, cool. We're tracking you. Mm. We're just driving in a Honda Civic. Yeah. We're just, you know, that person doesn't even know he's being followed. Yeah. So there's, let's figure out how we can make this work. Yeah. There's so much technology out there. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense though. Like, And especially when you're used to it, like your guys' situation where it's like you're used to just, just going in, <laughs> just... Freaking, you know, hammering these guys every single oh, yeah. time. Yeah. No worries. You Two know, o'clock you. in the morning. Oh, yeah. Just boom, smashing boom. these fools. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, after a while, they're like, hey, like, that's, you guys are going a little bit too hard. You guys, you know, all this. Other. It makes sense because it's like, oh, and actually, he said something that kind of indicated that same thing where it's like, he said, um, bro, yeah. Like, you can't. You can't do your job effectively or yep. something like yep. that. Like something along those lines, yep. right? For sure. Like it's like we, and that's exactly what my platoon said in all these different situations. I'm like, who are you talking about? We can't we have to explosively yeah, yeah, guys. We're up. fired up. We're not taking these directs. Of course they're gonna say that. Yeah. And by the way, he says here, how do you keep the team mo- motivated? Cool. You tell them what's going on, you explain the situation to them and, and you say, Look, this is this is what we gotta do. This is how we're gonna make we're gonna use this to our advantage. Yeah. We're gonna use this to our advantage. Yeah. Yeah, so. that, that tactic you always say to to like really find out like what what are we doing here like what's the purpose what's the mm-hmm. goal and everything the you why know? yeah it's the why yeah it helps you understand a lot more yeah it the does. paperwork it reminds me of the paperwork story you tell with the uh, Leif Babin as well the yeah. paperwork yeah. thing you yeah. know yeah. <laughs> yeah kind of the same thing little parallels very there. similar next question <clears throat> after time <clears throat> after time as a collegiate rowing coach I started rowing camps. A rowing camps company over a decade ago. We're grateful to have enjoyed survival through COVID and growth onto four continents. Culture is everything. Thanks for your leadership development work. Our mission is to teach athletes to better to better coach themselves. We use skill development, contribution to team, and college recruiting as opportunities for athletes to grow in their personal relationship with performance. This translates to individual growth in a number number of areas, including self-awareness and ownership. Rowing is an extremely team-based endurance sport, and some of our camps are selective. I'm wondering what you believe the preconditions are for team and or individual team members that enable a team to consistently motivate individual growth. Thank you. Okay. So, first of all, what I'm looking for is somebody that's going to put the team first. Right? And it's definitely you want someone that doesn't want to ever let the team down. It's easier to let yourself down than it is to let the team down. Yeah. Or just another person. Or just another person. But certainly a team. Oh, yeah. Big time. It's easy to let yourself down. You don't want to let your coach down. You don't want to let your team down. I was talking to a group the other day and you know because that being said the champions need to find that last 3% of push right the team you'll put out for the team 90% you get the coach put out for them another 7% there's still 3% that you got and the only person that can get that out of you is you it's you so Understanding so that's that's what 
you want it. You want somebody that's going to care about the team, care about the coaching staff, and to make sure that they understand the why. What we just talked about is like, why is this important? How does this help the team? How does my effort help the team? And how does that in thereby help me? There is a level of drive that people intrinsically have. I remember I had a, like my one of my daughters was a birthday. She was turning eight or nine or something, and oh, I yeah. set up teams, and I had these teams of nine-year-old girls competing against each other. And he instantly, you saw like a seal platoon. There's like someone that didn't care if they win, someone that wants to win everything, mm-hmm. someone that's like yelling at the rest of the team, someone that's telling them to shut. You just had all the personalities were there, but there's a natural intrinsic drive that some of them had to win, and mm-hmm. some of them didn't care. If you want to build the intrinsic if you you might you, you can't take someone that has no will to win and just develop it to the highest level but you can at least explain the why to them <sighs> that will help but as far as the precondition that you're talking about that you're looking for what's the precondition for an individual for individual team members or for a team it's someone it's humility it's someone that's going to put others first and this goes back to the fact that they don't want to let the team down. They don't want to let the team down because they put the team first, right? Mm-hmm. So if I if I don't care about the team, if I care about myself more than I care about the team, I can let I can let the team down because I don't care about them. Mm-hmm. I care about me. I'm I'm not comfortable, so I'm going to stop. Yeah. If I care about the team more, I'm not comfortable, but I put the team first. Yeah. So humility. Yeah. If I'm arrogant and I think I'm the best, or I care about myself more, then there's a chance I just don't mind letting myself down and making rationalizations about, well, this team sucks and I don't care about rowing and just whatever. Mm. So why some people, some people quit buds because of that. Arrogance allows them to quit. Like, I, I don't, shouldn't be talked to like this or whatever, right? Uh, or this, damn. Um, yeah. So there has to be a balance, of course, because you, you have to have people that actually believe that they can do it, right? Believe that they can perform well. But basic dichotomy, right? You have to be confident but you can't be cocky. Mm. All that being said, and I'm sorry to disappoint you with this, those are all things that I just said that are good things to look at. We don't know who makes it through butts, and we definitely don't know who makes who's going to become a good seal. You can make guesses, and you can be right 60% of the time, 70% of the time, and there's gonna be 30% of the time you're totally wrong. Mm. No way this guy's gonna make it makes it this guy's gonna make it doesn't make it mm. <laughs> I had this guy that I work for great guy He was a, a very senior in the seal teams and he never ever gave anyone a recommendation for seal training Because he didn't want to put his name on anybody. Oh, right, so right. he never did it yeah. Never did it and finally this guy came along that spoke a few languages, played this sport, played that sport, went to this Ivy League college, captain of this team, captain of the other team, total stud. Mm. The guy signs on, gives him a recommendation, and he freaking quit. (laughs) He said, I'll never do this again. I knew I should do it. Like totally signed on to a stud, Mm. and the guy quit. So the best way to figure out how people will perform in a given environment is to put them in that environment. So what kind of stress test could you put people through on a precondition to figure out what they're made of a little bit? Mm. You know, hey, you go get on the erg. Here's what I want to see. 
Like you send me the video of you doing the erg and get this number this many days in a row, this time of day, like put, put some preconditions to put them in those situations where they've got to prove who they are. But you still can end up with people. There's people in the SEAL teams, people make it through buds that are freaking turds. <laughs> so those are the things to look for, but there's no guarantees. I apologize. No, as soon as I figure this out, I'll let everybody know. Mm. Hey, here's the checklist on human. Yeah. So it's crazy too. Yeah. There you go, rowing. Get on that erg. Good stuff. All right. <clears throat> what do we got? One more? One more. <clears throat> Hi guys, long time listener and newer underground subscriber. I'm interested in how Echo makes things work. Okay. He he can <laughs> He's not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he's not. I wonder that sometimes too. He he can sleep in and still manage to be a dad. Solid video ed, uh, content creator, black slow. belt in jiu-jitsu, and be jacked AF. We all know what AF means. Mm -hmm. uh, Jocko might jokingly give him a hard time, but what do you do with the rest of your time? What'd you say? <laughs> Jocko asked on one podcast, uh, one episode. But that's a level of output that exceeds most people. Let's take a moment to salute Echo, but also ask how he leads. A somewhat leisurely but successful. <laughs> somewhat leisurely, bro. You're missing the whole point here, homie. <laughs> this this dude's over here leading maximum leisure life. Max leisure. All right, what do you got? I'll be quiet. Um, let's hear so this. I, I actually of did. Bullshit. I did. <laughs> I did an interview one time. This um, magazine. It was like a magazine interview. Um, and they asked like a similar question, not like, oh, how can you be so leisurely or whatever, but just how do you balance like all this stuff, this perceived stuff? But <laughs> uh, that, so that's the that's the first time I thought about. It. But anyway, <clears throat> this is it. This is it for because he makes a good point. It's like, oh, that sounds like a lot of stuff. Yeah. But I kind of don't care about that much stuff. <laughs> that's yeah, that's part of it. And yeah. the other part is kind of luck, like a lucky situation mm -hmm. where like when because he said uh, that's a level of output that exceeds most people. But most people are in a different situation. So, you know, like a nine to five job, mm -hmm. like a lot of that time right there is like it's not as flexible mm -hmm. as like my time. So and then he said <laughs> then he says something again. This is all like you got to understand the perception here. He said he can sleep in, which kind of sounds like a big deal. Like, bro, if you're doing all this stuff, you better have a solid schedule or whatever and get up early, right? Because, you know, get work done or whatever. But I sleep in because I stay up late, which is part of another strategy. Didn't start like this, but it became part. I don't always stay up late, by the way. But when I do, it's because, you know, my you sent me an email at four o'clock in the morning this morning. Was that this morning? Yep. Yeah, I was up late last night. Yes, yeah. sir. Um, but you know what I was doing? I wasn't partying. I'll tell you that wasn't watching TV. Actually, I don't watch TV, and I thought about that too. Where I watch one show, Shark Tank. That's mm -hmm. it, and it comes on once a week when it's even in season. Nonetheless, I don't watch TV. I don't do like there's a lot of stuff I don't do that most quote unquote most people do do. And then even staying up late, I don't stay up late and party and watch TV and smoke weed or nothing like that. I do actual work, which I which a, the, a normal person with a, your own schedule, whatever, would usually do during the day when they wake up early. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's not really a different, like sleeping in isn't different than most people. It's just shifted a little mm -hmm. bit. You see what I'm saying? So you can still get a lot done or whatever. And then not, I think not caring about like a lot of stuff that I think people <laughs> care about. Well, give me an example. TV, 
okay. sports, like going to places. Yeah, sometimes like watching, like I'll know guys are watching football games and stuff. <clears throat> and it's yeah. like, bro. Bro, football games, two and a half hours. Yeah. Like, and it's a long time. During football season. For a baseball are, game. Oh, baseball game. Yeah. UFC. And, like. Even UFC, sometimes it's like, okay, I'll, I'll watch it tomorrow when I can yeah. fast forward through all the yep. crap and yeah, watch yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like, f- whatever it is, a fi- three 15 minute fights yeah. and two five round fights. And like, think about it. Me and you're in the same boat in, in, in a way where obviously you're, you're going a lot harder and faster or whatever, but it's the same format where you don't watch UFC as much as you did before all no, this. No, Bro, no, not at all. And no. you make a good point where it's like, yeah, I'll watch it. I can fast forward it. Yeah. Bro, if a fight is getting watching prelims back in the day, like oh, I, was full, yeah. I was all in yeah, watching yeah, prelims. I the whole thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, now, bro, the fight gets boring. Like you, if they fight, spend the first round, like really like close, like um, doing like kind of repetitive stuff, bro, I'll fast forward. Dang. That's how, bro. But I'm just saying the point yeah. is before all this stuff came up that, you know, you kind of have to do whatever. It wasn't like that. But if you care about, you know, your handful of things, you put kind of everything. And also, too, he said uh, jujitsu black belt. Bro, it took me a long time to get black belt. <laughs> so I wasn't like going hard jujitsu every day. See what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So it's like there's a matter of spreading it all apart as well and just caring about certain things. That's it. Um, and also the the team element, which I just recently kind of really thought about. It's like some of my stuff other people do, and you know, you just gotta manage it, kind of like, or actually just like you. Yeah. where you, you, Yeah, decent, that's ex- literally exactly what it is, and it goes in ways where you don't really even realize, like in family stuff or whatever. Oh yeah. Like where if your wife is kind of like on board and you guys communicate oh, yeah. a lot, which, your wife's the a great COO. Oh yeah, she's great. And that's only with the work stuff. I'm talking about the whole life stuff because mm. we got we got three kids, yeah, 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 varying ages. They got school, they got sport, they got all this stuff yeah. or whatever. So as long as you communicate, you yeah. can be like yes, 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 no, 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 and then they'll kind of take it from there. But she's a real good uh, execution chief operating officer of the of team echo 100 yes. percent, yeah and that gives you the mobility to like do what you do yeah which is also cool and that's the way my wife is too my yeah. wife is yep. just running everything and that's that's on the home front but then i've got you know ceos and all these different companies and ceos of the other companies so it's like they're all running things yeah and that way i can do what i gotta do so yeah it's yeah. decentralized command prioritize and execute keeping things simple, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. cover and move, that's what we're doing. If actually now that I'm even thinking about all this stuff, it's like, it's pretty, it's kind of a lot <clears throat> of stuff, but I just take it, I think I just take it for granted. I think my approach to most things is pretty quote unquote leisurely. But at the same time, it's like, if I care about it, I'm gonna kind of make sure it's done and done efficiently or yeah, correctly well, or whatever. The key to working with you is giving is, Letting you do things that you like doing. Yeah. And for every seven things that you like doing, you'll do something that you might not like very much, mm-hmm. but you'll kind of do it. Yeah. But the seven things that you like doing, you're going to do it well yeah. and kick ass. But if you, I, I would hate working with you if I was telling you that you had to like crochet sweaters or something. I mean, yeah. we'd have like one sweater every four years and it yeah. would look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'd probably be pretty cool and very artistic. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, the big one is care about care about less stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Cause TV, no. You know how guys are like into fashion, and, and I'm actually I'm not saying fashion is bad in and of itself, but I'm saying like there are so many things that like if you just stop caring about them, it would probably like improve your life in a lot of ways, probably. So like you could focus on things that kind of oh, get you better, sure. you know, yeah. you know, like and then like he they say he's jacked or whatever. It's like yeah, if you regard exercise as important and like a major part of your like attention and focus or whatever and that's just the norm mm-hmm. God, that's how that's you know, what, you're gonna be in whatever shape you want to be you know mm-hmm. goes for everything but yeah that's so it. there you go and there you go i would just like to add that the image that you <laughs> are less leisure than you appear <laughs> the fact that i make fun of it <clears throat> doesn't excuse it or doesn't mean it's not true you actually are pretty leisurely bro yeah, I think leisure is. A, actually, I took a class in college called, uh, what the hell was it? It was called like leisure, but it was <laughs> recreation and leisure. I think it was called. <laughs> For real, I promise. I'm not I joking. believe it, bro. And yeah, I know said, you got an A in that, uh, mother liquor. They said recreation and leisure is is like this huge percentage of human life, mm-hmm. like of societal life. It's or a something. huge part of yours, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Whatever, but if you think about it, and here I'm gonna go at, um, academic on you real quick. Uh, <clears throat> Recreation and leisure is probably half of your life, yours, mine. Yep. Nope. Okay. Nope. <laughs> it's all recreation nope. and leisure. Uh, okay. So jujitsu is recreation and mm-hmm. leisure. Exercise, like mm-hmm. like controlled exercise, recreation mm-hmm. and leisure. Bro, okay. you're not freaking like. You're not going on a ruck to assault a target because mm-hmm. that's like your job. Like you're exercising for your bed. Like you're recreating like what your body kind of is supposed to do. It's what exercise is. Okay. That's why even they call it exercise. It's a recreation, recreation. Leisure is everything you do <laughs> aside from the work that you have to do to make like whether it be make money for your family, uh, uh, support your role in the team that you were like, you know, assigned or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anything outside of that is all recreation and leisure. All of it. <laughs> you think half my life. <laughs> okay, yeah. bro. It is. Right. It is. Right. When you wake up, you exercise, right? Recreation yeah. and leisure. Oh, they overlap for sure. Yeah. Um, if you ever go surfing, <clears throat> which we know you do, all okay. recreation. If you ever pick up your guitar, recreation and leisure. You ever go to jujitsu, recreation and leisure. It's all recreation and leisure. Okay. What? Because you get on a few Zoom calls, <laughs> you think you're freaking. <laughs> it's not recreation and leisure. Look at this guy calling me out, bro. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. Well, thanks for everyone, everyone for listening while we uh, leisurely go through this podcast. Mm-hmm. Appreciate everybody. Thanks for joining us. Um, you know where you can find us. We're on the underground. Thank you. Get some Jocko fuel. Get some Echelon front. Get some Jocko store. Just freaking get some. Get some. And don't spend too much time on leisure. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Until next time, this is Echo and Jocko. Out. <laughs>